in swinger. Oh, oh and the goal! The Republic of Ireland oh. have scored! John Egan with his first ever international goal! What a moment for Stephen Kenny! Full live commentary of the Republic of Ireland against Lithuania this Tuesday on OTB Sports Radio. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Alan Quinlan is not with us just yet. We'll get to him in a second. He's going to talk to us about the uh, weekend where Ireland were beaten by Wales uh, 29-17. And it was, um, I don't know, the, the break-even performance, I think, is what the, the rugby journalists who follow the team are saying. Obviously, it's disappointing to lose to Wales, who they beat last year. But their reward for that encouraging 70 minutes is um, a trip to uh, France to play the French, mm. who are a bit better than Wales. Mm. You'd be worried. Yeah. Um, sounded like there were a lot of positives from him, to be fair. Um, I don't Did you read the Sunday Times yesterday? I'm always thinking of you when I, when I, uh, when these rugby chats come up and the dangers of the game and so forth. Did you read David Walsh's piece? No, was it with um, Ben Walsh? No, it's with like a neurosurgeon oh. type woman in America. Right. Uh, yes, it's, it looks like uh, in these days of, you know, Basically, newspapers trying to save money in every way possible. It looks like he actually travelled over and he met her in the States and she's done a lot of uh, research on... I, I'm sorry now, I'm a bit hazy in the details, but I did read the piece. She's done a lot of research on NFL players who've died um, in terms of the brain injuries that they've sustained from contact, contact, contact. And um, you got to read this piece, basically. It's, it's it not good. It's not good. I'll take it out. All right, Alan Quinlan is with us, host of the Red 78 podcast. Alan, good morning to you. How are you? Morning, lads. How are you? Um, so we put Irish women's rugby in the amber a little bit earlier on. There was a record crowd and they played well for 70 minutes, but surely we can't be giving any moral victories to the team just yet. Or maybe you can because it's a new broom and it's a new team and it's actually going to take them quite a while to get to the stage where we should be expecting them to win. What, what, what's, the, what's the right way here? Um, somewhere in between. I don't think they'll want any moral victories. Um, I think... A lot of the, where we were positioned after the game, a lot of the girls were over there talking to their parents and friends and family at the far side of the field and they were devastated. I was um, I was kind of taken back about how disappointed they were. Um, I'm sure they were very excited going into the game, new era. Um, there was a lot of optimism, Ger, about about the team. And, you know, Joe was even asking us before the game about, you know, Ireland beat this team and, and 45 nil last year do you expect the same to happen? Do you think we're way ahead? Um, and it's very hard to judge this because you just don't know where, where the teams are at the moment. A lot of them are, it's hard to analyze them and see where they're actually at. Um, the big difference. And I think a lot of people realize this now is that Wales had 12 full-time players and another 12 or 13 who were, were part-time and uh, given part-time contracts. So if they got to 25 people, um, training pretty regularly um, as their jobs since since uh, <clears throat> since January, um, whereas the Ireland girls were probably in camp three or f- three or four times in the last number of weeks um, for two three days at a time. So it's hard to kind of get up to that same level of speed. And it is it, it it's not a level playing field. The the Six Nations, France and England, are, are miles ahead um, with with regard conditioning, strength, player numbers, all that kind of stuff. So we have to be patient here, Joe. You can't 
you can't um, we can't expect this to happen overnight. Um, there's a lot of changes in the report, and they've been agreed by the IRFU and a lot more support to the women's game. So that that's good, but it will take a little bit of time. I tell you, I was really encouraged by the way they played, um, the type of uh, game, the execution, the skills. It was, I was surprisingly a really good game from both sides. And unfortunately, they just lacked a bit of power. Um, they lacked a little bit of physicality. And that kind of told in the end because they got really tired. But some brilliant at handling, uh, execution, passes, all that kind of stuff. Um, what are their issues, of course? Um, discipline, 15 penalties. Um, possession, 38% possession. Very difficult to win a game with those kind of stats. So they were under a lot of pressure and I think they deserve a lot of credit for um, the way they played and, and the ambition they showed. But sometimes you get beaten by a better team and a more powerful team. And uh, we've been speaking about it with the men over the last number of years when they played England, sometimes when they came up short in the physicality. Wales had a big impact off the bench and they were very, very physical and that told in the end. Okay. Um, we'll obviously get an opportunity to preview the, the France game closer to the time and we'll have our... Uh, Vodafone Six Nations show during the week as well to get into a bit more details about it. I want to just talk a little bit about the, the URC games and the situation Connacht find themselves in. Uh, it had been three weeks since Connacht's last game, which was a bit of a kicking from um, Edinburgh. And then they have a man sent off really early against Leinster and they get a bit of a kicking again. So it's back-to-back massive disappointments for them. And it's getting squeaky bum time towards the end of the season. It's... Unfortunately, it looks like it could be a lost year for them. It's very, it's a very difficult situation now for them, um, Ger. I think uh, you know they've lost crucial games as as and particularly the Edinburgh one and and this Leinster one that'll kind of hurt and sting the most. I think. Let, let's be honest here. Leinster are missing a huge number of players. They're internationals. Um, the sending off. Pretty significant, I think. Um, and to be fair to Connacht on Saturday night, they they showed incredible, incredible fight and guts. And um, to go ahead when Tiernan Halloran scores a try, and but the, the second half, Leinster then just showed their their class and execution and and their passing skills and and tore tore Connacht apart. The big problem for Connacht is, you know, they're tenth in the table. Um, They've lost seven games in, in, in the league and they go away to Benetton next next weekend. They'll have their internationals back. Um, it's much more difficult when when they have, they're fully stacked with their internationals and they're a tough side to play against, particularly over there, Benetton. And then Connacht go to, to South Africa and play the Lions and the Sharks. So... We've seen how difficult it is for teams to go to South Africa and get results. Um, so it's a very difficult situation. And then the last game, they have four games to try and get themselves up the table. They're on 28 points, sitting in tents. Um, so not alone is there a major concern that they won't get into the playoffs here, which are the top eight. Um, they won't be in Europe next year unless they, they get some results out of there. I'd, I think they've at least to win three three games there possibly win the four of them um, to, to, to get there 
Now, the type of game they play and, and the way Connacht are so ambitious with the ball, um, you know, it's they could go to South Africa and get two results. Who knows? It's very, very difficult there. Um, they play the Lions in Johannesburg but, and the Sharks in Durban. So it's 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 a tough situation for them. And I think uh, the sending off of Tom Daly the other night after two minutes, you know, against a side like Leinster, um, eventually that is told. really, really difficult. Yeah, okay. Yeah, eventually told. So it's, it is it is a situation where it's um, um, they could end up with nothing and not be in the playoffs or... or or be in Europe next year. Okay. Uh, the, the the run of form that Ulster were on at the moment was sensational and it, um, it looked like they'd scored a last minute try to beat the Stormers and then it got chalked off. Right decision, wrong decision. Dan McFarlane wasn't happy either way. What, what did you make of this? R- wrong decision. I think um, Ulster, um, probably the middle part of the second half, you think uh, the Stormers are in control here. Um, they looked like they were going to win the game and see it out and kick on but Ulster's response was was phenomenal and uh, they kept playing right to the end and they really really troubled the Stormers and got right back into the game and Callum Reid with a minute to go two minutes to go uh, looks like he scores a try right on the line um, Ulster run back that's the game you think they've won a brilliant result away from home in South Africa uh, TMO goes and calls him for a look and the referee Gianluca Necci, the Italian referee, and the problem here, and I was kind of flabbergasted by this, Jerry, is that the TMO um, is is a South African, and if you're sending teams of referees down there, send another one a TMO, um, because as Callum Reid is touching the ball down, the ball, the, the the Stormers player dives in to try and prevent a try. Hits dislodges the ball slightly out of Callum Reid's hands. It goes backwards. His body comes down on the ball, and I think it's a try. And um, Dan Far- McFarland is, is was fuming after the match. So the TMO calls the, the referee. They have a conversation about it and a debate. And I still think, watching it over and over again, that it's a try. And then um, Alan O'Connor, who probably was pushing his luck a little bit the way he was debating with the referee, the Ulster captain was um, uh, debating the point that he then awarded a try to the Stormers for for Callum Reid knocking it on when he clearly didn't. The ball went backwards, so I think at worst Ulster should have had a, had a, had the five meter scrum. Uh, in turn, he he awarded the Stormers a five meter scrum. They were able to clear their lines and win the game. Um, so I think they were stolen at the end, and I think it was a wrong decision. And I think the TMO and the referee got a terribly wrong they give about two minutes debating this decision they made a decision to give Stormers a scrum then they went back watching the footage again the ball is dislodged from Callum Reid's hands it goes backwards his body and remember from your hips up um, any part of your body that touches the ball over the try line it's try given Um, so they got that wrong and I think Dan McFarland had every right to be really frustrated and angry with that decision and if it comes down to a situation where they miss out on the top two, which will give them home quarter and possibly home semi if they win that, um, it'll be very, very significant because I think they should have won that game and, and could have won that game. Now they play the Bulls next Saturday, which is probably a different proposition as regards the physicality, the altitude um, and all that stuff. So it'll be, um, 
you know, that was a game they, they, they should have won. All right. We'll leave it there for today. Quinny, good stuff. Thanks a million. Cheers. Cheers. Alan Quillen Thanks, give us his thoughts there you can hear more on his thoughts on Munster on the Red 78 podcast it's our weekly Munster podcast uh, brought to you from the Rugby Channel OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar